Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week we are talking about Microsoft and Bethesda's games, Xbox Game Showcase 2022. The Xbox E3 Showcase. No, it's not E3, but it's the it's the, what would be E3 normally. Yeah. Um, showcase. Uh, I, I mean, this is uh, this was basically what I uh, what I've what I've been waiting for. I mean, I think like uh, I was uh, very pleased by this. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing is like, I have worried this year. Like this year feels like we have, like we don't know a ton about like what twenty twenty two is doing. They did the unique thing Xbox did of like, hey, we're gonna show only what's good you're gonna be playing within the next twelve months. Yeah. Obviously, we'll see if any of that gets delayed. But like, that's kind of a cool way to look at it, and it's kind of a cool way to to kind of look at it. And say, well, sure, we may not be getting like these like huge, gigantic, brand new announcements for games that are six years away, but we're gonna get what we're gonna be playing in the next, you know, twelve months or so. Um, and that's that's a good thing, you know. So yeah, I, I guess like I had to temper my expectation a little bit because I was hoping to see like some Fable, but like that game's clearly like two, three years away. Um, I was hoping to see like some other other games that we like kind of know about or have like gotten the title screen or like whatever. Um, but yeah, I was I was happy with with what this was, you know. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, dude. I uh, we'll talk about in depth a little bit later. Um, but first, John, what have you been up to this week? Man, so I feel like not a ton. Um, but the the thing that I did want to talk about, Chris, is that I got in the mail. I believe you did too. The uh, Elton John um, uh, Madman Across the Water. What is it? Fortieth, fiftieth anniversary? Yeah, fiftieth anniversary. Um, uh, box set, and so like I got, I got you know uh, one with like five point one um, surround mixes and things like that. You got the vinyl, um, and because I already had the Man Across the Water vinyl, the the remaster from twenty seventeen, but it comes with like this awesome book. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, like, I think it's the same book that you have in yours, but it's just two different formats. Mine's like a hardback and yours is like a, uh, a, a vinyl sized, uh, uh, like thick card stock. Yeah. It's like a, it's a softback. So, and the book is really awesome. Like as I'm looking through it, like there's like sketches that they've scanned from the engineer that like map out, Hey, here's the piano. Here's where the woodwinds were. Here's all the microphones that were used and where they were at in the various studio rooms that they were in for some of this. So like, there's just like a lot of fascinating stuff in there along with like interviews and details of, uh, of the recordings of, of one of, you know, my, my favorite albums of all time. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I like, I, you know, I, I obviously like dove back into that, been listening to that album and, uh, and that sort of thing. But, uh, it's just a really cool package and it like makes me like want more books like that of like archival kind of scans, um, for other, other big high profile, you know, favorite albums of my own, you know? Totally. I agree. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's basically what I've been up to this week. Cause I, you know, that, that's the that's the main thing. I've been playing playing a little bit of Apex here and there. I played uh, played a game called Paparazzi, in which you take photos of uh, of, of puppy dogs, indie game, uh, where you take photos of uh, of puppy dogs and and you know get challenges and things like that. And you have to find like, oh, here, find a puppy dog with a hat, find a puppy dog on a skateboard, and you like kind of walk around these small little sandboxy environments and uh, and do those take to take pictures of those puppy puppy dogs but uh that's about all i've been doing man <laughs> nice nice what have you been up to this week oh man, i was actually just sitting here trying to think that i don't i mean not a ton um i'm trying to think oh Chris, i oh oh John. top gun yes I, I i saw top gun um i saw top gun and the screen x so the uh the screen x is uh the new kind of theater where they there are screens on the sidewalls and they project on the sidewalls. Yeah, you were talking and to us about you were like you told everyone about the options that were there, like 4D yes. or like this thing or like standard IMAX, and you decided to go with this thing, and you had basically already decided like whenever you presented it. But uh, so, but you sent a very interesting text like the other day where you're like, this like like I feel like you know paraphrasing I feel like it might have changed your life a little bit. Yes, yes. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> so like I can remember the first time you know like I really experienced like a you know the IMAX you know it was like you know in it all its glory at least and for me it was whenever it was in the Dark Knight. Um, there were enough scenes that were IMAX format where like it filled the whole screen. Um, and where we saw it was like in the huge IMAX screen here at uh, Opry Mills in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, like those scenes, just like you just get immersed in those scenes. And then whenever you pull out of it, you know, like, and it goes back to like letterbox, you're like, oh man, like that's, I wish the whole movie was like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and I think that we've like, th- I do want to call out like IMAX format and moving to like, uh, full f- full IMAX format has has kind of cake- taken a hit in recent years because of IMAX digital mm, and where it's just a little bit smaller. It's not the f- it's not like four by three uh, ratio. It's just it's like basically you go si- you go from like like a letterboxed kind of format to sixteen nine. Yeah, it's it's like al- it's almost just like uh, as big like just a little bit bigger than the like the aspect ratio of like the standard uh, widescreen television, like from all, yeah. all of the edges. So it's just a little bit taller than that. If that, yeah, yeah. like maybe. Uh, and well, that's so, how they do it. Whenever they do like they do the like the home releases, like for uh, for like the Marvel movies or whatever. Whenever they release those for uh, Disney Plus, they'll go ahead and pop those IMAX uh, shot scenes into the full thing, and right. then they'll go back to like the standard movie format um, for the others. So right, and so um, you know that that's just like not what it was back you know in the day. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. So like. Uh, I saw Top Gun at the Screen X, and number one, Top Gun, phenomenal movie. Uh, you need to go see it. Everyone needs to go see it. It's uh, it's probably one of my favorite movies, best movies um, in the last you know three, four, five years. Um, I mean, it's like I think like whenever I'm thinking about the past you know few years, it's like that Dune, um, No Time to Die. Maybe the top three movies that I've seen in the past, you know. What about three, the Batman? Years. Where's the Batman fall? You rated the Batman oh, incredibly the Batman. high. Yes, the Batman. I forgot. Uh, shame on me. I forgot the Batman, John. So thank you so for calling that, that, that out. That was also this year, man. You like whenever we get to the end yeah. of the year, and you're gonna have to pick. You're literally gonna have to pick between mm. these two movies. 
That's a that's a good, interesting observation. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we're not done with the, the year yet either. True, I mean, true. There, yeah, there's, there's, you know, there could be something I'll that blows you, them both out of the water. I'll tell you what won't be at the top of the list. It's Doctor Strange. Okay, okay. Um, so, movie, phenomenal. You seem really lukewarm on, on Doctor Strange, but I, well, like, yeah, okay. Let's not get into Doctor Strange. This is about Top Gun, Chris. Yeah, it's, this is about Top Gun. Um, <laughs> it it pays, 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 uh, pays its dues to the original. It's like, it, it, it hits all the buttons, but it does it in a, in a great way. Like, it's nostalgic, it's funny, it's action-packed, it's got heart, like, it's got all the things. Um, and, uh, and I, I, like, I just, I, I think they did a phenomenal job with it. That being said, screen X is definitely the way to go because it, it projects on the sidewalls. It fills your peripheral vision. Um, there are some, some shots where like, you know, like w- when you're in the airplane and it, all it does is just make you feel like you're in the plane with them. Mm. Um, even like, you know, just, oh, like overhead shots that are like kind of rotating i kind of like i really want to see like a space movie in the screen x that's what i want to see Ooh, because gravity mm. yeah 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 because like uh, like it just makes you feel because you do, you don't see the edges really i mean it makes you feel like you are you are in the mm. cockpit with them um or you're in the movie and then whenever it. It, it every now and then like you know go leaves the action and goes back to letterboxed and it's not even letterboxed it's just like standard 16 9 you know format uh you're like oh man i miss that those side screens now you know um fascinating and so like the seats don't move or anything right like for 4d the seats move you know yeah um but like this like this format seats don't move okay cool 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 i mean um no they don't move and and, and like i still haven't been to the 4d theater but uh, we've talked on the show before like um, I'm not super into like gimmicky things. Like yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind the seats rumbling in um, in the Dolby theater. Like I think that that you know it just feels like you're feeling the the the, the sub. subs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the I don't mind necessarily mind 3D if it's not distracting and weird and they and throwing things at your face. You know. I don't um, know, man. Three D it just dims the screen a lot most of the time to me. Not like, if it's IMAX three D. True, like, true. But it still yeah. could be brighter. <laughs> there's they're not even they're not even they're transparent. I don't know. I always feel like there's always a smudge. It's like oh I don't know. It's just it's it's well, like it is exactly the, it is literally watching a movie through another thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was different though. I like oh. I wear glasses. I do love. So I did love gravity exactly like that. Gravity in 3D was like poo, so yes. good, dude. Yes, perfect I think experience. It's, I, I honestly think it's because you don't wear glasses normally, and so yeah. like yes, yes, yeah, that's a weird experience if you don't normally wear wear glasses on your sure, face. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, and so, but like I'm I'm all you know I I haven't been there yet. I still want to try it. But if it's anything like some of the other 4D theaters, you know mm. that I've been in for like you know at amusement parks. It's like just it's gonna be real gimmicky and it's Dude, gonna distract me and make, pull me out of the experience. There's a couple things that like kind of put me off from the whole like 4D experience. Um, number one being like whenever they like they talk about like there being like smoke in the theater, like um, like they have like smoke machines that are like do, you know put, like whenever whenever things happen. And uh, then there's also like puffs of air that like kind of like get shot at your like head sometimes to like surprise you or whatever. Um, I'm told, and I would hate that. Because it's like it's like oh, why would I want puffs of air going in my ears? That would be terrible. So um, it doesn't sound pleasant. 
Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but the, the Screen X, man, it does not distract. It just, like, pulls you in. It makes it more immersive. Like, and, and I was, you know, we were kind of concerned, or like, just talking through it whenever we were talking. Like, are, is there going to be important stuff on the sides? No. Right. The answer is no. Like, uh, there, there, were, there were a couple times whenever, like, I looked o- around just to, like, look at it. But I'm like, this is, like, n- it's, it's a mm. little bit. It's a little bit out of focus, so like it doesn't like pull your attention anywhere. Cool. Like it's like an, it's it's intentionally like that. Yeah. Um. And like it, it, the way, at least the way they implemented it in this movie. Um. You know, even if like you were looking at something and someone who is supposed to be off camera but is now on one of the sidewalls says something, it's not like a it's not like a now I, I need to look at them situation. It's just more like you sense the fact that they're there and it's just like, it's just like you're, you're, you're there. You're like, you know, just kind of fills your peripheral like that. So I dig it. I dig it. I mean, yeah. And that, that actually sounds like, that sounds like the best case scenario for that, you know? Um, because like on an IMAX theater, like depending on your seat and you know, you might not even be able to really perceive the very edges of that, like a, a true IMAX, you know, where it's as tall as, as the, you know, they, they used to be. Um, so like, I, I kind of actually dig that idea of like, okay, this isn't like that where like you're, you know, not able to see the whole screen if you're too close or like whatever in a bad way, this is like, Hey, that's not important on the sides, but it still immerses you more. You know, it's, it's, it it leans into the immersion, but doesn't, you know, make it so where you're missing things. Totally. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I recommend the theater. I recommend the, uh, the movie. Is what do you rate this thing? The, the movie? movie? Yeah. Oh man, I mean, I haven't really, th- I hadn't thought through it. <laughs> what did I? What did I rate the Batman? Ten out of uh, 10. ten. out of ten. Masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is real close. Um, I mean, you don't have to put a number on it right now, Chris. You can hold off, but at some point, I'm going to demand a number. Yeah, I just, I just hadn't <laughs> thought. Through it, like you know, Batman. Uh, the Batman I left, and I was like, that was everything I wanted it to be. Mm. Um, Whereas this one, you're like, they could have played the song one more time. Um, no, <laughs> I um, I think. I mean, if I, my gut's telling me, man, it's either nine point five or another ten, John. Ooh, one of the two. Okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll to be determined, Chris. To be determined. Yeah. We'll give you another another, you know, another week. Like <laughs> I am I'm hard pressed to find anything that I disliked about this movie. Yeah. 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 And I think it's it's what um you know, it, what I mean it's what this franchise that needed. I mean, it's like it's a it's a sequel that is that that brings an older movie up to date like it does yeah, it just yeah. does all the things john i mean i think like in that case like i feel like you're you're talking about it as if it's like as if it is like a masterpiece level like yeah. thing because the thing is like we know what a i guess it's all about about like frequency like we have superhero movies like all the time all the time 
And so like, you know, whenever you walk out of one, you're like, man, I, I know this is like head and shoulders above, you know, so much like, you know, more than I, you know, the majority of the other things in the genre. It's like pushing the genre forward, I guess, in like a, a cool, like unique way. And so like that, you immediately kind of know like, okay, 10 out of 10 masterpiece. Whereas this is like, this, this is this genre. Like what genre are we talking about? Are we talking about like, like action. I would it's, it's an action movie. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, this is unlike, it's a, I'm almost going to say it's a 10 because like yeah. it's, it's oh, we've just never seen anything like this. Even the fact that like the, the spectacle um, the well, I mean the, the fact that they have these IMAX cameras that are in the cockpit with them. And I know we talk about, like we knew about the behind the scenes, but until you see it, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. now, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, there are, are things that happen and you're like, I cannot believe that I'm seeing this right now. The spectacle, man. I feel like spectacle yeah. factor alone, like it's pushing yep. action movies, you know? Yeah. It's very, it's, it's very Tom Cruise-y, you know? <laughs> very Tom Cruise. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I think like... Um, that's the genre after, in my after, mind. <laughs> yeah. After the, after Dee and I left the theater, um, we were like, okay, let's pull up all of his movies mm-hmm. and like look through them. And like when I, I, I don't know that I would naturally ever put Tom Cruise at the top of my like best actor favorite actor list but then i start looking at all the movies and i'm like he is up there you know like Dude, he's yeah. i mean he and, and i and i think it's just kind of he's just kind of low-key there there's mm-hmm. no tom cruise movie that i can identify that i think is a bad movie or is poorly acted sure um even things like the mummy that were like i mean i think i talked about it on this on this yeah. podcast i ended up watching it i'm like i liked this this yeah. is a good movie <laughs> um, I wish the franchise, you know, like had continued and they'd sure. you know, done something with it, but yeah. Remember, yeah. Remember whenever they got all those like really like dramatic photos of, of like all of these like cast of projected movies that never actually came out. That was yeah. Really and funny. I, and I don't, and I don't think like that it deserved the back. People just backlashed against the fact that they were building a universe. I'm like, sure. well, that's dumb. Yeah. We haven't even seen the movies yet. Right. Right. But I mean, I'm just saying like, it's just such an odd, like artifact of, of, of film these days, yeah. you know, where you're like lots of movies like never come out. Right. But like the fact that it was like these movies, lots of movies didn't come out. They were all going to be linked together. And it's like, that's super interesting. It's like, I want to know what happened, man. I want to read those scripts. <laughs> totally. Um, but Chris, that's awesome. I, uh, I'm glad I, and Tom Cruise. Yeah. A hundred percent like that. And especially like, I have been a huge fan of like the mission impossible movies. Like, for a long time like i think it was like about mission impossible 4 like really struck me and i was like oh my goodness this is like this is great and then we've kept going since then you know it's like oh my gosh this is kept upping the ante and it's like how are we going to do this again um so yeah it's like you know tom cruise just just uh you know (laughs) great action movies yep yep well chris that's what we've been up to i think it's time to get into some news the news All right, John. So uh, the news is the only segment we're going to do uh, this week. We're going to talk about the uh, the Xbox Bethesda games. Xbox, yeah, Xbox and Bethesda games showcase. I keep like wanting to say something different, but that's what it was. Um, so first of all, uh, are there any like any just observations before we dive into the specific games that you uh, want to make about the the show overall? Uh, I mean, 12, like so many games are, are stacked in the first part of 2023. Like that's 
like a big observation that I had as I was going through. I was like, oh, that's, I'm looking forward to that. That's 2023. Oh, that's 2023. That's 2023. And like, there's a couple in 2022 that I'm like interested in, but like the, the back half of this year does seem like it's kind of open for third parties um, to kind of do their thing, um, both on Sony and on Microsoft side of things. I guess Sony's got God of War. Like that's the, that's the big one for them. And that's a big game. I'm like, the sequel follow up to one of my favorite games of uh, of all time. So I don't know. It's uh it's it's just interesting to me that the back half of uh, of 2022 doesn't have like just massive games, you know. So we're we're saving those for the first part of 2023. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's you know uh, I think that it was it was cool like that they you know like reiterated right off the bat that hey this these are all games that are shooting for release date in the uh, next 12 months. And I mean, even with some of the games, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, this says 2023, but they don't know when. And I mean, for all we know, it <laughs> yeah. could come out in late 2023 or even right. 2024. Like, but just the fact that they are aiming for that. Uh, I thought like overall the, the, the showcase was, I mean, great for a live live stream. Um, most of the time, like, I mean, not most of the time, but oftentimes I get real bored by, conferences that are just like game after game after game after game without any kind of um audience interaction or uh any kind of like really surprises um i felt like they kept things moving well which was cool and they also like explained things enough things enough in between Mm -hmm. um with you know some of the studio heads um they didn't really have any awkward moments with you know like devs you know getting too deep into something you know i think they kept it pretty high level and kept me engaged um like overall like this was you know a really really good live stream in my mind Um, it can't it can't it doesn't beat out their like big conferences that they've had because you just can't replicate the energy of a live audience you know just going nuts over a specific game yeah, and it's like, yeah, it is that reaction where you're like, and even like, you know, you think about like some of the Sony conferences and stuff like that, like where, where God of War, you know, 2016 yeah. was like announced and it's like they have the the giant orchestra there with Barry right. McCreary yes. directing yeah. and like he, they do the, the, they like play this thing and it's the theme to an upcoming game and that's what you know, like that's it. And yep. they play the whole like God of War theme and the people are like, well, I don't know what this is. And they start playing gameplay footage and it's like, I don't know what this is. And then out steps Kratos, you know, and it's like, my goodness, you know, like that, that energy is very like those reactions, those shocks, yeah. like, Oh my goodness. You know, yeah. it's just hard to, hard to replicate with a stream. You're right. Um, I do think, yeah, you're right. They did a good job of like bouncing back and forth between like, Hey, we talked just enough to get you, like give you the context that you need for this game after this game, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree that for a live stream situation, it, it was really solid. Uh, didn't feel like they were too talky. Didn't feel like they were, weren't talky enough. And it was just trailer after trailer. It, you know, it was all, it was, it felt, felt very well paced to me. Totally. Um, so let's dive into some of the games. Um, and yeah. this is, I think this is in order, uh, but they start off with Redfall, which yeah. is, uh, arcane studio. I think this is a, uh, this is that um, multiplayer uh, vampire game. I thought, it, like, I was kind of skeptical when we saw some stuff. I think last year is when it was. But, dude, yeah, this looked saw, amazing. Before what we saw was not gameplay. Like, before we saw a cinematic trailer. And I remember being like, man, I don't know what even, like, what what is this game? 
it was like this is probably a it was like a, maybe a third person maybe a first person in this we saw the gameplay and it looks really cool yeah um, uh i think like the different abilities of each character looks really cool like mm-hmm. the way you're gonna be able to work together um i kind of i i didn't i should have done some digging if you would just play on your own are those other characters with you and do you like just control one of them or do you jump around do you know I know that you can select between all of them. Like, so like you okay. can like, but I don't know if that's like real time or if yeah. that's like a, Hey, I'm going to you know do this next level or like do the next part of the game with this character. Um, I don't know what kind of level of switching it is. I know that you can like control all of them. Um, like if you know, in some way, and you can play it fully on single player. The way that they've talked about it is actually that they, because like, Arcane is known for kind of single player sandboxy type of games like uh, Dishonored and Dishonored 2 and Prey. And so, like, this game they built with, like, with that, but then they also, like, wanted co op. And so, like, they, this is like, it's, it's, if you wanted to play it solo, they continuously talk about it as if that's gonna be a completely fulfilling experience. And you won't feel like, oh man, I wish I had a buddy to play this with me, um, like some multiplayer games uh, inevitably end up. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, this looks really cool. I mean, kind of like you're kind of uncovering a mystery. Seems like you're uh, you're basically have like these dungeons you got to go clear out. Yeah. Um, and uh, which are like big landmarks on like a on like a east east you know coast like Maine Island yeah. you know which is really um, cool. First-person shooter, which I love. Um, the weapons seem really unique. Um, th- there's, a, you know, obviously like a spooky kind of like almost a horror element to it, you know, with the vampires. And th- the way that they were like appearing and disappearing like seemed really, really fun mm-hmm. to uh, to combat and scary. The flare and... gun like made me super happy. Yeah. Like they whip out a flare gun and, and 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 like take one out and the flare like shoots out and just like sits there and like burns it's it, like it just looks really fun. <laughs> yeah, and it looks really good. Like the graphics looked incredible. Um, yeah. I think it's gonna be a really really fun game. Agreed. And like the thing about it being like a horror esque, it, it doesn't feel too horry because they keep the mood light. Like uh, it's right. it's very like your character, uh, the conversation is like jokey or like almost kind of kind of you know tongue-in-cheek kind of campy a little bit in that way where they're like hey this is really spooky and weird but uh, you know but it's gonna be you know look well let's do this so yeah the banter was really really cool agreed agreed um all right the next game is hollow knight silk song it's a side-scrolling um platformer uh a sequel to hollow knight yeah which i never played did you play hollow knight Dude, hollow knight is so good it's one of my favorite like it is top like 10 games for me probably like in the metroidvania genre it is really difficult like it's a really hard game um but it is super well put together like the world exploration was what kind of drove me forward um in that you are a little bug exploring a bunch of caves underground and like i've I've talked about before how like at one point you enter a city and it's raining it's called like the uh the like I forget what the name is, but it's just some like elaborate way of saying like, it's always raining here basically. Mm. Um, and then later on you kind of like work your way, you know, up above that city and you find out that directly above that city, they don't say anything about it. It's not like pointed out in the story, but directly above that city is a giant lake that you traverse later on. And so like just that contextual idea of like, Hey, there's a big lake above this city and it's raining there. Like it's just, it's dripping into this cave. Um, 
it's just like it is such a cool game to play very very difficult and i would say the beginning hour or so is not very welcoming um like it, it's it, that was what kind of like put me off of it initially as i started playing i was like man i don't know about this but i kind of like you know kept playing and uh and picked it up about an hour and a half in i was like this i'm hooked now um so it's uh it's it's interesting this this sequel has been much anticipated chris this has been shown at a nintendo direct like two years ago at this point three years ago maybe and we haven't seen anything about it since. So for it to show up here, I was very, very happy. The only thing I wasn't happy about, no date. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, let me see if this has... No, just in the 12, next 12 months. I actually don't even know if it was in the next 12 months because on the graphic where they're like, hey, this is coming in the next 12 months, it actually wasn't on there. And, you know, suspiciously, it was right before they came on stage. Uh, I think it was Sarah Bond came on stage and said the, the, this, the next however many minutes is going to be about the next 12 months. So it's the only one that I think might not be within the next 12 months. Mm, yeah, I don't know. The, because uh, like what I'm looking at, uh, is putting it in the next 12 months. Cool. It just doesn't know where it's landing. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you talking about that graphic at the end? Yeah, that so graphic at the end. <laughs> they also didn't have every single game in this graphic either. I mean, it was um, a lot of games, so I don't know how they'd fit it all. Yeah. Because um, I'm looking at that too. Uh, the next the next game is uh, High on Life from Rick and Morty creators or uh, Justin Roiland. I, it's a first-person shooter. Um, you have like these aliens that you use as guns. They talk to you. Yeah, it's really quirky. Talking weapons. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it looks it looks really innovative and and uh, and unique, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's if you're going to be a solo player walking around a world, like give yourself somebody to talk to. Let's talk to our weapons. <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I didn't. I don't know if it's necessarily for me, but if you're into that, it looks like that would be like right up your alley. Uh, they then uh, highlighted a partnership with Riot Games, and so League of Legends, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Valorant, Runeterra, and Team Fight Tactics are all coming to Game Pass. And that, this is the, kind of the first of some of the games where um, it's really only they're coming to uh, Game Pass for PC. And I wish that they were like announcing that there's going to be. A, a League port. of Legends port, yeah, yeah to consoles, um, or if that you could play it if you're running uh, keyboard and mouse on consoles or something mm, like that. That would be nice, um, especially like yeah, because it does have keyboard and mouse support on your Series X. So, yeah, um, yeah, that would be that would be that would be really cool. I think especially like since they're also coming to to mobile. You know, like, I don't, well, you know. so that's a different, I think that's a different build. I think there's like, two. it's a different, yeah, it's a different, well, it's a different, like, not for like, um, Runeterra. I mean, right. like that's, 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 I think my point is like, why, it, um, I just want some of these on console. Sure. Sure. I think like the other thing is it's like, it's for people who are into those games, this is like and have game pass like this is good value because like the like you they talked about like did the different unlocks that you get for each game because some of them are like free to play games but with like character unlocks do so you have to pay for and stuff like that and like from what i could tell like there's somebody who said like oh that's like 150 bucks worth of 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 unlocks there um from some of that stuff so like it's like a lot of value if you play those games for like valorant or and uh and and that sort of thing so yeah 
the next game is a Plague Tale Requiem. Um, it's coming in 2022. Yeah. Day one on Game Pass. Uh, it's, I guess, a sequel to a Plague Tale. Um, it looks, you know, good. I never played the first of Plague Tale. Not yeah, really I have. I have, to it, but. I have zero context for what was going on story wise, but I did like kind of that close third person action. Like it made it very kind of uh, intense. Like in some of the close quarters, like the the character like crawled underneath that table and it was like you're hiding under this table with the cameras like under there with you. It's it's very like intense in in some of those moments. So I don't know. I uh, I don't know if I'll give it a shot or not. I'll have to play. <laughs> like that's the thing is I, I would have to play probably a uh, twenty to thirty hour game. Maybe maybe longer. I don't know. I don't know how long Plague Tale is. So, yeah. Um, the next game was Forza Motorsport. It's seven, right? Or yeah, yes, eight? I think they're basically just calling it Forza Motorsport and rebooting okay. the franchise. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but dude, looks phenomenal. It looks like they're they're pulling over a lot of the dynamic day night cycles, dynamic weather. Yeah. Um, from Forza Horizon and and then taking it to what the level that you expect from Forza Motorsport where like depending on the time of day the asphalt is going to be warmer or cooler and then your <laughs> tires will perform differently on the different surfaces and it's like okay yes this is taking it to a level like I mean if I feel like Motorsport always takes things to like like okay this is so far like I don't who is into this like the nerdiest nerds are into this but it's cool because they're the ones who are going to make the, the best builds and i yeah. will take advantage of it you know sure sure yeah it's the people with it's the people with like driving setups like where they have like the steering wheel the pedals like the whole thing like the rumble seats like every you know little bit that you can get um yeah it's and, and that's the other thing is like i think this going head to head against like what we had earlier this year with gran turismo uh, on playstation 5 is interesting um it will be interesting once this finally does come out to kind of like uh, look at these two things because um, like Gran Turismo has like supposedly the best like physics as far as like car stuff goes um, and then where each car feels drastically different and then Forza Motorsport like is able to um, do a lot of other things like with their with their uh, like physics where they were talking about even this like where the scratches and the damage and stuff like that it actually like it matters a lot and the direction of the damage and all of the ray tracing uh, reflections and things like that so it'll be a uh, it's uh, going to be interesting to have those kind of compared once this finally comes out. Yeah. Agreed. All right. The next game was Overwatch 2. The PvP launches on October 4th. It's going to be free to play um, and coming out for Xbox Series uh, XS1 and a ton of other uh, platforms PC, PS5, yeah. PS4, Switch. Is it coming um, out for Switch too? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think uh, it's gonna be all, like on fire, smoking out the back. I think of the it. cool thing is that is that it's a uh, a free to play game, yeah. Um, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where like the, these Activision Blizzard games kind of go. Um, like, is the is the purchase official now? Like, I don't remember if it's like the end of the year um, with uh, Microsoft purchasing them mm, chris i Do think it know? was a whole year so or i think it's a like whole year february okay. january like it's because i was kind of wondering the same thing about like we'll get to diablo 4 and like diablo 4 isn't listed as like coming to game pass or something like that i'm like okay that seems a little weird but yeah i guess yeah. you're right it's not it hasn't happened yet right so I, they don't really have anything to announce about that yet yeah and i think like i would assume it would at that point you know you would think um 
You would hope so. It depends on like what kind of deals they have as well, because like Diablo is also a console console launch exclusive with Xbox. Yeah. So it's like, but it's not on Game Pass. Oh, they didn't announce it for Game Pass. That's you what know? I mean. So, yeah. So yeah, that is a little strange. Where it's like, oh, we paid for the uh, we paid for the the exclusivity, the timed exclusivity, but we didn't. Oh, they don't have pay for it on. Am I wrong? Doesn't Blizzard um, uh, develop Diablo? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, pretty sure. I mean, can you can you verify that? I guess we'll yeah, get there, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So like, yeah, I guess that's my point. Is like, okay, uh, in the future, if they do what they've done with every other studio they've acquired, the Activision properties will end up on Game Pass. And it's it's funny, like as I watch this conference, um, how much I more uh, I pay attention to the games that are coming to Game Pass because I'm like, oh yeah, I'll try that. Mm-hmm. And like the other ones, that, like they has to be really good for me to. Mm-hmm. You know, commit to buying it. Yeah, and, they, and they, you're right. You you are not wrong. They are Blizzard developed. So yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you would assume like once I that like kind of goes through. Um, yeah, and I guess like the other thing about Overwatch too, the biggest like it being free to play, does increase the chances that I'll like actually like really dive into it and play it because like Overwatch One was at the tail end of kind of that like hey you can have a multiplayer only. Uh, game release for full price you know what i mean like yeah. it's and so then then they survived off of dlc and off of you know all of that sort of thing and so like overwatch 2 the big question has been like okay are they gonna pull the same thing and the fact that it's free to play i think that's like that's such a smart decision um it's very uh you know it's, i feel like it's it makes it easier to make the jump over uh to overwatch 2 definitely uh, you missed one, Chris. I, I did. I think so. I have written down flight sim. <laughs> oh yeah, that did come next. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know why that's not in this article. Yeah, yeah. flight simulator. Uh, they announced an expansion for uh, flight simulator. It's the uh, the uh, Halo expansion that's out today, and then they also announced um, helicopters and. Uh, what else was there? gliders gliders um so it has like one, a, one a bunch of thing. classic known planes so like the spirit of st louis yes uh, so like and then like the, those i'm assuming they'll have challenges because they like to do like landing challenges and they like to do like bush uh like bush um what are they called like bush runs or like whatever like you're out in the out in the middle of nowhere and it's like can you make it on this much fuel from this place to yeah. this place and so i can't believe you know that they wouldn't have like hey drive across the atlantic in this plane with these you know weather conditions um and like that's all super fan- fantastic it's coming in november they also announced at the extended showcase the world update uh 10 and chris let me tell you world update 10 it's uh, got some big stuff in it. I actually downloaded it and played it a little bit today. And uh, they have like a uh, the discovery flights, which are like the kind of pre-planned uh, flights where they basically have like the most ideal weather conditions for specific locations around the world. And they play epic music while you fly around and sightsee. And they have some really cool ones. They have like Grand Canyon. They've updated that and it is fantastic. They have St. Louis. You can fly through the arch, you know, and, uh, and like that in that discovery flight and ideal conditions and a great aircraft. So it's a, the flight sim world is uh, still a rolling man. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, the next one, um, era history untold is a new turn-based strategy game from ashes of singularity developer. Um, you lead a nation through history and charters, cultural, military and diplomatic development. 
They didn't show any gameplay though. I mean, it seems yeah, it the concept seems cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the trailer. I mean, the we'll see. You know, the it only, seems like a historical sim, basically. Yeah, and I think the thing like they hammered home. I think it was uh, later on in the conference. Phil came out and he was like, "Yeah, we we exclusively wanted like gameplay." And this was one of the few exceptions where I was like, "This is just a trailer. What is this? You know, what does it even look yeah. like?" Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see here. Elder Scrolls Online. High Isle launches. That's this is whenever we got um, started seeing some of the Bethesda stuff, um, and them come out and talk about that. Uh, I'm I'm not into Elder Scrolls, so I can't really tell you whether or not this looks cool. But um, they announced it. They also announced Fallout 76: The Pit, which seems pretty cool. Um, I have played Fallout before, and I do like Fallout. Um, but uh, uh, again, it's for uh, Fallout 76. Then they announced the Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC. Woohoo! Um, pumped about that. I think that um, this is my this is my take. I think this is is this the second or third Hot Wheels second. DLC? We've second. That was my that my least favorite Forza Horizon DLC mm. ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to think whenever I was watching this trailer, I was like, why don't I like this that much? And I think it comes down to the variety of the road surfaces you're playing on, like just don't intrigue me that much. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I prefer um, like in Forza Horizon three, whenever they're like, Hey, we have this, uh, I think it was Storm Island, Storm Island expansion. And this is, it was, you know, four. Ex- was that four extreme yeah. weather events. Um, sure. Or uh, yeah. Cause I think what three are we on was, now? I think three was the snow one. Yes. The blizzard mountain. Yeah. And uh, I thought there was a Hot Wheels DLC for that one, too. No, there was a Fast and Furious one, and then there was a... Mm, Fast and Furious DLC. That was a was standalone. Two. Sorry, that was that was two, yeah. And that was all yeah. based on the two world. Yep. There might... I don't know. I thought That's this is the third question. one, because I thought for well, three, four, and now five, we've had Hot Wheels DLC. Anyway... Uh, that being said, I mean, I'll I'll play it. I'll uh, I'll at least go through the campaign. There's always a you know a kind of a campaign to follow here. Um, yeah. But I probably won't mess around and do all the rest of the, you know, stunts and all that kind of stuff necessarily. Drift zones. I, it's just I don't I don't find it in, an intriguing world. I think I think like yeah, it comes down to like exploration. I think in that case, like because yeah, it feels like that might be. Um... Yeah, three had Hot Wheels. Did four have Hot Wheels too, Chris? I thought they did. Oh man. Okay, let me see. Maybe it's I just could like be a wrong, standard but... thing. Well, they had a Hot Wheels Legends car pack. What's the DLC for for four then? Because um, there was question. Storm Island. Let's see. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna find Storm out. Storm Island was for three, wasn't it? That was for for four uh, DLCs. DLCs. Oh, okay. Because um, I hadn't played Storm Island. Oh, it was Lego. Lego Speed Champions. Was the uh, one for oh, four? Oh, Lego! Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Which was fantastic, dude. That was such a good, good DLC. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think. I think. I'm. 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 I kind of understand. Um. Because. Yeah. It's like how many times you go around to loop the loop. Is it? Is it interesting and and new? So you know, I'll get in there. I'll play it. It'll be a blast. I'm sure. You know, it'll be super fun to play. Um. But it's just a matter of like, hey, it's got to grab me. You know. Totally. Um. I think they came back then and talked about uh, Halo's Pelican being in the flight simulator. Yeah, they did. They did. Well, maybe uh, I think that was at the tail end of the other thing, but yeah, they probably came on stage at that point and talked about it. Yeah. Um, these next few games, I'm just you know, I'm just 
prefacing with. Uh, I just don't know anything about. Are you huh. telling me that Arc 2023 having Vin mm. Diesel doesn't like strike your fancy? No, it, it does not. <laughs> you didn't mind either. I was. <laughs> uh, there's that. Scorn. Um, Scorn new... is one of the most alien-looking non-alien games like that I've ever seen. It's like yeah, it's like it... it's like HR Giger or whatever, however you say their name. Like it's like that design. It's like oh my gosh, this is like terrifying. <laughs> And isn't someone like famous writing this? I can't remember who, like, what the deal was when we saw this trailer before. Mm, that's a good point. Teaser. I don't know. I thought there was some kind of like, I don't know, somebody famous was writing that. Uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, Flintlock: The Siege of Dawn. I um, thought this one looked cool to me. Which one is this? I was trying to figure it out. So this is the one that looked like kind of Assassin's Creedy, where they're like talking about like, oh, uh, you know, I'm gonna go slay a god or whatever, and and like climbing up, but also platforming, having an animal buddy, and like the the melee combat looked Assassin's Creedy, um, but it was uh it was like magic platforming. I don't know. Just, it looked really it, had, it looked it really like zomb- zombies kind of in it. Yeah, sort of. Let me uh, it, yeah, like um, like cursed. Cursed yeah. zombies. I don't know. It just didn't didn't you know didn't strike my fancy. I mean, like, yeah, if it was you know if it wasn't memorable, I, this one was one where I was like, yes, this one I will definitely try and play because it's on Game Pass. Like, and it's like, oh, for sure, yeah. you know, because I because I, I like the vibes. Yeah. Minecraft Legends uh, was the next game that they announced from. Uh, it's a new game from Mojang. Um, it's a action strategy game developed in partnership with Blackbird Interactive. Mo, Mo Yang says the game will feature a campaign, co-op, and competitive multiplayer. Mm. Seemed pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'd have to see the actual gameplay um, to figure out if I want to play this. Yeah, we saw cinematic, and we saw, like, a couple of, like, really quick, like, three seconds of gameplay. Um, you know, quick cuts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? It could be, it could be awesome. Gunfire Reborn. Uh, is wait, hang on, I'm skipping one. Yeah. Lightyear Frontier uh, is a an open world farming game with mechs, <laughs> which it looked really pretty. I thought it looked really pretty. Yeah. Um, sure. As far as like the time investment that it takes for like farming games, it, it always like I always raise an eyebrow where I'm like, hmm, am I gonna really like want to farm and do a bunch of stuff for the time that'll take? But it looked really gorgeous. I liked the vibes. The song yeah. also, whatever song they were using in that one, it's like this banjo guitar kind of thing. It was very cool. So, <laughs> uh, Gunfire Reborn is a playable single player or co-op action roguelike. Roguelite is what they called it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was one that I didn't. I I didn't. It was hard for me to grasp because they're like roguelite. And it's like cell shaded, and they're like four player co op action. And I'm like, how does that work with the roguelite thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's coming in October, so don't have long yep. to wait. Yep. Um, the last case of Benedict Fox is a supernatural murder mystery. It's a side scrolling, it looks like kind of a platformer uh, adventure game. Looked super yes. cool. I'm in, into dude. this. Yes. Like, Give me this right now, and I will play it all over the place. It looks like so, like Tim Burton like kind of style, like vibes from it, where you're like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" Yeah, I'm, read, I'm reading the uh, so, and I'm reading off off of the uh, the GameSpot article about this. But uh, the protagonist has a supernatural trick up his sleeve as he can enter the consciousness of murder victims and explore their memories in search of clues. Yes, 
Yeah, super cool. It's like Psychonauts, man, but it's like, you know, it's, ah, dude, this, this is my jam, dude. I love it. Yeah. Um, As Dusk Falls is next. It's a interactive drama. Um, tells a cinematic story that is brought to life by actors and technology that renders the game as a digital graphic novel. Yeah, I was about to say, it's eight years in the making. Yeah, the, I think the, the, the biggest, like, turnoff to me, to me, like, is the animation style. Not the actual, like, way it's drawn, not the art, but the the way that it's, yes, I don't like the transitions. That, like, blurry, weird, super odd, makes me It, like, fades in and fades out, like, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very odd. Like I I so I remember reading back in the day whenever whenever um whenever the cell phones were new. <laughs> uh the like Watchmen. Remember they had like the the animated Watchmen graphic novel? Um that like you would yes. basically you would basically flip pages and it would like animate like a thing and it basically like would it would take scans and they like they would move Rorschach and things like that around it 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 sort of reminds me of the way that that was done but in like a fade in fade out kind of a way rather than like an actual like animated kind of a way so mm. I don't know man this it, that was the one part of it where I was like I don't know about this plus also. I don't know anything about what's going on in the story there. Like, and so that's a hard sell for me wherever it's like, okay, the animation style is, is not, not my fave. And the story, I it's, it, they were being so like, so mysterious with it that it became like obtuse. Well, I'll read you the, the synopsis here. It says starting in 1998 with a robbery gone wrong in a small town in Arizona, it'll be up to you to make crucial decisions in a decades spanning story. When the game launches on July 19th. So if, and it'll be on a game pass. I'll definitely play yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it pushes enough buttons for me that I'm like, I'll play this. Um, and maybe I, I will actually like the animation. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not though. Uh, moving on to Naraka blade point. Uh, it is a best-selling PC game. It's coming to Xbox in, on June 23rd, um, combines melee combat and, and world exploration. Um, it's an action yeah. battle Royale. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Weird. That's what they said on the trailer. I was like, that's, that like, looks wild. Like, what in the world? Interesting. I, I mean, know. I'm into it. June 23rd, man. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Game Pass. Uh, Pentiment looks really cool. It's a narrative-heavy adventure that stays on script. It's a uh, narrative adventure game that's inspired by illuminated manuscripts, woodcut prints, and history itself. Obsidian Games is, uh, which who I love. I love Obsidian. Yeah. Um, you take control of a journeyman artist working in the bygone scriptorium of Kearsaw Abbey during a time of great social unrest. And it, like, it seems like the way that, you know, like that you make your way through this game is you're kind of figuring out puzzles and making your way through a book and like these art pieces and stuff is and yeah. you, like the, there's like text that you read from the other characters. I'm, I'm describing it. It sounds incredibly boring, but it <laughs> seems really cool. I loved this. I this was like one of the ones like I have I have like asterisks by like some of my faves or whatever. And this one I like have two next to because I was like this looks really fun. It looks like uh, up my alley like as far as like the art style goes because it's like hand drawn, um, you know, almost like watercolory or like uh, or or like crayon esque. Um, so yeah, it's it, almost like like nobody saves the world or whatever like that that type of a style where it's like man this is just a unique art style of like walking around doing stuff. 
Yeah, it seems really cool. It's going to be in November. November. Yeah, it's coming out on Game Pass on launch day. I'm down, dude. Grounded 1.0 is Grounded is leaving game preview this September. Um, I can't, dude, how long have we been talking about this stupid game? Like Like, three years. Yeah, and it was in game preview forever, and um, I I never heard anything bad about it. just didn't hear anything glowing about it, but apparently now it has a full story campaign and Mm -hmm. all that. Maybe I'll finally check it out. So, Chris, here's the deal. Here's what I wish with this game. So this game, I wish that I hadn't played it. I've, I played this game oh, man. whenever it first came out. Yeah. And I wish that I'd seen, the, like, I wish that I just waited for the full release. Like, I I, I played it being like, okay, uh, let me try this new, because uh, it's developed by Obsidian. They're great. And so, like, let's play this new Obsidian game. And I get in there, and it's like a, it literally felt like an alpha or something. Like, it was, it was very, like, no story, no context for why am I, like, sh- honey, I shrunk the kids in this backyard. Why <laughs> am I building forts? Why are all these things trying to, you know, kill me? Um and then there's like lasers shooting off at night, you know, and you're like, what is that about? This seems like it kind of like takes all of that and wraps it into like something that I would maybe enjoy, but like having played it before and not had a fun time with it, I'm already at like a disadvantage where I'm like, man, do I, do I really want to install this thing and try to try this thing out again? I mean, it's, it's, it's on game pass. So maybe why not? But also I didn't have fun with it the first time really. So mm. Even I, the thing is, there's a great game in there, but I don't know if they, they've achieved it, you know, because <laughs> I only yeah. played it in the very first form, like form that it was in. So I don't yeah. know. It's a hard sell, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like, and I mean, I just never heard anything that made me want to like or think that maybe this game is for me. Yeah, I do think that it fills like a very specific niche where it's like, okay, this is like a survival game for younger audiences. Mm. So it's like it's it's you know you're you're battling bugs, you're battling robots. Like you're not you know it's not like hyper violent, it's not hyper you know upsetting or scary or whatever. It's just like cool adventure. And so as a kid, like I would have loved that. And so like it fills a very specific niche. It's just, yeah. I, you know, I'm not that audience. Maybe so. <laughs> I'm not the target audience. Yeah, right. definitely. Um, all right. So the uh, the next game is Erebon Shadow Legacy. Um, it's a store, fast-paced, story-driven stealth platformer game. You will harness mystical shadow powers and high-tech yeah. gadgets to see, save a dying universe. Uh, it looks cool. I mean, I wasn't sure from the trailer what exactly was happening, um, <laughs> but it it looks cool in the way that you you uh, kind of uh, traverse the environments. Yeah, you like turn into like you know smoke and like or like a shadow and like go travel through the shadows and then attack robots. It's like, yeah, it, this could be really really cool. <laughs> yeah, you're like the smoke monster from Lost. Basically, is what kind of what I felt like at the time. Right, and then you turn into then you turn into the man in black to like to actually like physically attack them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the next was oh, we talked about uh, Diablo Four revealed the final class Necromancer. They talked about um, it's going to launch in twenty twenty three on PC and consoles. Will feature crossplay and console couch co op, which is super intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, they talked about the the dungeons, strongholds, uh, the story. Um, and, uh, had a, an interview with game director, Joe Shelley and, uh, 
general manager of the Diablo franchise, Rod Ferguson. Um, it honestly made me want to play Diablo four. Yeah. Uh, and I, again, I hope this is on, on game pass by the time it launches, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this. Yeah. I thought the, uh, I thought the, the fact that they, they called out specifically, like, Hey, this is a fully realized open world and shared world. I thought that was like just a cool idea. And then you have like these big kind of world events where, um, a la destiny or whatever, where like everybody in, in a certain instance can get a gang together and take out a, a massive boss or like do a specific uh, quest together. I thought that was a really cool way of looking at, uh, you know, this type of game. Um, and you know, it's 100% going to be like a games as a service basically. Um, but I think that's pretty cool and it looked really fun. And I thought the, uh, the graphics, like the, the dark kind of mood and things look really good. Like riding your horse across the world looked really cool. I was like, I want to do this, um, where I haven't before, you know, I've, I've not like been, uh, been a Diablo person before. So yeah, like you said, if it was on game pass, it'd be like a no, you know, no brainer kind of like, yeah, absolutely. I'm playing that. Um, but as it is, it's like, I don't know if it's, if it's a $70 game, $60 game. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, then we talked about sea of thieves season seven it adds captaincy skills. Uh, I don't really know what that means. Offers them the players, the ability to name, customize their ships, save loadouts between sessions and much more. The customization options options seemed cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, every single time they, they hit a new season, it kind of like, it's like it wants to, to suck me back in, but then I, you know, resist and forget about this game. Dude, whenever whenever they had the Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, dude, that was so fun. Um, but I will say, all of these things that they're introducing this season, they are necessary. Like being having to like every time you load into a new instance, be like, okay, what sails do I want to put on my ship? Which of my yeah. uh, masts do I want? Like you basically rebuild your entire ship loadout just for looks, like for you know each time. And so like inevitably, you know, it's just like. It, it's just a, a little bit of a chore to do. So if you had a loadout where it's like, okay, whoop, I'm going to put on my ship, you know, and I'm you know, like, this is my ship and, and it's named the right thing. And it's the same ship I had last time. Like it just gives you this kind of, uh, you know, congruency across play sessions, which is nice and, and very much lacking before. Yeah. Um, Chris, I have a cat in that game. I, I have a, I have, oh, I have, nice. I have a, a little pet that goes around on the ship and you can pick up and pet and it purrs in your hand and the controller vibrates whenever it purrs. I actually don't know if I remember this one, but Ravenlock, uh, it is a, uh, tells a dark and twisted fairy tale about a young girl's destiny to fulfill a dangerous prophecy. To find her way back home, she'll need to battle sinister jesters, depress fungi monsters, and implore, explore dangerous realms. I know. Looked like Alice in Wonderland kind of a setup with a lot of different art styles kind of mashed together. There was like some voxel stuff in there. There was like some some more realistic kind of uh, graphics, like pixel you know graphics as well. I don't know. It's it looks really interesting. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, the next game was a game called Cocoon. It's fr- uh, from Limbo's Jeff Carlson. Like, so it's this started out and I was like, yeah, this seems really really cool. And then it started. Uh, you start carrying around like these um, balls and colored balls, and like they looked like you were like unlocking puzzles with them, which seemed really really cool. But then you start like going inside the balls, and mm-hmm. like I, I'm like I don't understand what's happening right now. So like it, it intrigues <laughs> me enough to play it. Yeah. But um, I like I'm like this seems real weird all of a sudden. It it seemed interesting. Like I uh, the the being one of the 
game directors from like Limbo and Inside. That's really intriguing. But Limbo and Inside are very much like about like a specific aesthetic, and they're like the especially Inside. Like the puzzles aren't like like really intense. Like it's not. It's it's more of like an atmosphere and like. Uh, environmental storytelling kind of a game to me than it was like a like a break your brain kind of a puzzler and this one looks more like it leans towards like a break your brain kind of a puzzler where like you're going inside of these things and stuff so um i don't know man we'll find out <laughs> i'm i'm into yeah. it it's annapurna and it's the you know somebody who did inside in limbo so yeah sounds great I mean, you're saying all the right words <laughs> what i saw I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, it is interesting to me that we do have like the two distinct paths of the creators and game designers of Limbo and Inside where like you have like, hey, here's this person's game and then the other person, like there's another game that's going to come out in the next, I, I think it was on there. I think it was on the, here's the next 12 months of uh, of Game Pass and it's it's on there as well. Um, I'll look up and see what that game is, but uh, but we didn't see it today. But it is interesting that we have basically two games from the the co-creators of uh, of Limbo and Inside. So and those teams kind of split after a sur- after Inside, and here we are. So yeah. Um, the next game, Wu Long Fallen Dynasty, is from Team Ninja. Um, I think it's Wo Long. Wo Long. I don't remember what did I say. That's what, that's I say what Phil Long. said. Wo Long. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure it's Wo. Uh, it uh, uses sword play based on Chinese martial arts to drive them back. Um, does Microsoft own Team Ninja? Good question. I thought they did, but I could be wrong. Team Ninja Xbox. Um, I am not a robot. Thanks, Google. <laughs> um, no. No. I don't think so. Okay. Koei Tecmo I mean, is their parent company. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, Ninja Theory is who you're thinking of, I think. Ninja Theory, yes. Is that right? You're, you're, is yes, that right? You're correct. Yes. Okay. That's who I'm thinking about. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, this is like, this is, uh, what was the last game that Team Ninja did? Like, um, I think it was that really good FromSoft kind of a game. Ninja Gaiden. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Hmm, Dead or Alive 4. <laughs> Where is there other game games? Okay, here we go. Um, twenty twenty, no twenty, yeah twenty twenty one. Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, Stranger of Paradise, Neo. That's what it is. Neo two. Um, that was on uh, platforms back in twenty twenty. That's the that was the, like the game that this is kind of based on, but it's in their own like original universe. Um, mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, then the, then we heard about uh, there's Persona coming to Xbox, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Persona series. Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 3 Portable will be available on Xbox. Persona 4 and Persona 3 coming in 2023, and Persona 5 Royal coming in uh, coming this year. This, this is year. where my draw jaw hit the floor, Chris. Yeah, I, I was shocked absolutely shocked because PlayStation has always had the mainline personas on lockdown. Like they've always just only been on PlayStation platforms. 
Um, we're talking like uh, Persona, the the Vita version. So for Persona 4 Golden, um, it was only on the Vita. And we're talking Persona 5 only, you know, exclusively on the PlayStation. So it's shocking to me that these games are coming to other platforms because all that the Xbox or uh, Nintendo have gotten have been like spinoff games where it's like, oh, this is Persona Q or this is uh, the dancing games or like whatever. Like we get for for the Xbox and the PlayStation uh, or Xbox and the, the Nintendo platforms, we get like the kind of spinoff games and those are cool and they're good. But like the mainline ones, I've, I've always been like, man, I wish that I could play a Persona game over on Xbox or whatever, and like I just haven't been able to. So, Chris, no more. All of these games are coming over. Like that's shocking to me. And I guess it kind of goes along with the the Wo Long kind of announcement, where it's like this is um, developers uh, from and publishers from Japan, and this is like Xbox saying like, hey, we've got those also. <laughs> you know, we've got the Japanese games <laughs> as well, and they're coming to Game Pass, which is like, my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm pumped about it. Um, really, really, uh, really surprised by that announcement. Yeah, dude. All right, uh, two more, two more things to talk about. The next one also a surprise, but uh, Hideo Kojima's next game will be on Xbox. Um, he talked about you know how he's been wanting to make this kind of uh, idea, this kind of game for years. Um, we may might know something soon. This is the only. This is the. This was the thing where I was like, "This is not <laughs> coming in the next twelve months." Yeah, it's, um, it's it didn't even show anything. It's like it's an announcement of an announcement. I mean, yeah, and, and I mean this could be six years from now. Who knows? Yeah, we. Don't, I wish we'd gotten a name or a graphic or something. <laughs> I mean, just a vibe of the idea. You know, yeah, would have been nice. Yeah, give me give me Norman Norman Reedus <laughs> holding a baby. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, something. You know, we've gotten something before. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, the interesting thing about this one to me, like this is again, one of those, like, Hey, <laughs> the, uh, you know, Phil Spencer, he picked up the phone, called, <laughs> called a bunch of people in Japan. And, you know, it's like, this is awesome. Um, I, it's fascinating to me. He's, he said he wants to use the cloud technology that Microsoft has at their disposal. Um, so yeah, that was like the, 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 the thing that's new, you know, like he can innovate <laughs> with. And I'm like, what does that mean? But I, this, yeah. It reminds me sort of of like whenever whenever Des, like he he left um, left Konami and was like I'm searching for technology you know and landed on uh, play, one of PlayStation's engines, um, but like it's a uh, it, it makes me think it's a strand game, Chris, <laughs> because <laughs> this the, oh, this, gosh. the strand game to like for to, for Hideo Kojima to talk about is like essentially a oh well like you're going to be able to see the footprints and paths of like everyone who came before you in this world if you know if you build a bridge in this one location it's going to be there in my world and like all of this stuff so like that it kind of makes me think that this is kind of like yeah, that like you do things in right. your world and it affects my world you know yeah i didn't think about that where when did he when did, was uh um, what's the last game he he did with uh, Death Stranding? Was Death Standing, <laughs> Stranding Death. a strand game? Yeah, Death Stranding was the first strand game. But did so that like, stuff happen in that game? Uh huh. Yeah. 
So like in the grass, huh. like you, as you're walking across, like what lo- is is in his mind, you know, the United States, but is it really just looks like Iceland, uh, you know? And you're walking through the grass or whatever, and there's like you can see other people's paths, and so like the more people that have traveled a certain path, it's like worn down in that spot. And, you know, people will put up like signposts and talk to each other, like through these signposts. If you, there's like a really treacherous area, like you can like leave resources in a bin or you can build a bridge for the people behind you and stuff. So it's fascinating. Yeah. That does sound like a strand. Like he, I mean, why else would he want to use Microsoft's cloud technology? Yeah. And he has said before that like for strand, (laughs) for strand games to actually be a thing, he's like, I feel like there's gotta be like three. Like, there has like, to be three games. He's like, I feel like in order for this to be like, a like genre. for people to, to really understand what a genre, you know, it would be, kind of be is yeah. you'd need at least three okay. games. All right. I'm cool with it. Whatever. Uh, the last thing they talked about, John is uh, my favorite piece of the entire, um, the entire presentation. Uh, they gave some extended looks at Starfield and, um, this is 100% game, 100% at least a game that I will will play the beginning of. Um, it looks really, really cool. The exploration looks really cool. Um, it seems like there's going to be a, a kind of a cool storyline with mm-hmm. some characters. There were a lot of people online um, that were kind of like, I don't know if complaining is the right word, but they were comparing. They were like, oh, this is just a ripoff of, of No Man's Sky. And, mm-hmm. you know, like... You know, you, you do the same things. You build these outposts and you go build, you know, all these planets and uh, blah, 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 blah. My only pushback to that is like, I mean, I played, I mean, I've played a couple, few hours of No Man's Sky. And uh, if they can just provide a, you know, even a, a moderate story in Starfield, which I think they're planning on it, then you've already got a different game than, than No Man's Sky. Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing is like if you mainline the story, like if you're not into like the exploration of the outposts, like I, I would imagine like you don't wouldn't even have to do any of that. Like uh, Todd Howard at one point he mentions like how many galaxies there are and he, like they do the whole map zoom out thing, right? Yeah. Um yeah, but yeah, he there's a thousand planets to explore. Yeah, and but he mentions that like, oh, and then some systems will have a Goldilocks planet where you might find life. And so, like, to me, that says that, like, okay, the majority of this whole thing is probably going to be, like, outposts and, like, barren rock or, like, different resources. And so, like, you don't have to go there. Like, if you go there, you might find something really cool. You might find a hidden side quest or something really cool. But just generally, the Goldilocks planets are going to be, like, where you're going to be. Like, so that just means that, like, it's not too far away from the sun to, to uh, you know, not have life. Support life. Not, yeah. So, it's, like, it's within a certain zone yeah. to where it can support life and like that just tells me that like hey there are gonna be a lot of kind of filler areas but like that is to be expected because whenever you generate a planet or a a universe of a lot of different systems you're gonna have like i mean in this you know in our galaxy them you know or our, our our solar system within the milky way galaxy or whatever we have quite a few planets that are just like completely have no life and we have one that does. And so like, even if every system is sort of like that, like you're going to run into, you know, a little bit smaller of a scope and have definitely more, um, bespoke kind of things that can happen like events and story beats and things like that. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think that like, um, yeah, I'm, (laughs) I have a weird, uh, 
history with Bethesda games where like um, I really like um, I really like uh, Doom and um, Wolfenstein. Um, that's Bethesda, right? Those machine yeah. games. That's part of Bethesda, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like. I've I've played a couple of Fallout's and like they were fun, but I like there's just something about them that I'm like I don't you know it doesn't grab me. Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about Starfield. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. The ship building looked really cool too, like being ship able to building, design your yeah. own ship. That looked kind of cool. And I think as long as things are like kind of like optional, like maybe there's some pre-builds or like the you know the base like maybe you don't have to build every single like little bit piece of your base i don't know maybe you do if we get <laughs> if it gets that crazy yeah. that's where like okay i yeah, fall check off out. Yeah. yeah uh but like we'll see we'll see what happens yeah. yeah i'm 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 intrigued i think it looked really cool i think the action actually looked really good um we'll see how it feels like whenever you're actually yeah. kind of like sliding around on these floors and stuff but uh like specifically like whenever whenever you, they were on like Whenever the, the the character initially entered and like slid on the floor and like you know and took out a couple of people, I was like, "This looks really nice, looks tight. I like this, but I like sliding in games." So, yeah. um, you know, I, even games that I can't slide into, I find myself trying to <laughs> trying to slide in like Warzone. Um, but then, like, whenever they jumped off of the roof to go take out this like incoming ship. Uh, and like to deal with those pirates. Oh, yeah. I was like, this looks really kind of cool. Like, yeah. I- I'm into that, you know? Definitely. Jetpacking it around. And that was the conference, John. Some interesting stuff, man. Not a lot of like big new things, but a lot of good updates and a lot of a lot of Game Pass that are uh, going to be filling out the next 12 months, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, was there anything worth mentioning? They had an extended like... Uh, presentation the next day but it was just like i think what did you say four games that we've already seen before yeah so there's like they announced that hey there's gonna be four demos of games that are, you know indie games that are coming to the the xbox in the next week or so so like look for those id at xbox summer game fest demo event um starts on june 21st running through june 27th and actually there's over 30 demos of upcoming unreleased games so they only highlight four in this article but yeah so there's 30 games coming to that um, and then within that extended showcase, there was Master Chief coming to Fall Guys. There's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game launching into Game Pass, which it's you know what you would expect. Um, there was uh, the only other thing was like there's a new Stalker Two uh, dim or trailer, which Stalker Two got kind of delayed uh, earlier this year because the developers are in Ukraine, and so that's been rescheduled for 2023. They've announced that hey, we're gonna release Stalker Two in 2023. That was a game that we saw at like the first Xbox Series X like launch event where it's like hey, who are oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, we're gonna have this this awesome looking game. Uh, they are now targeting 2023. So we'll see. Hopefully that, that comes out because it looked real cool. Yeah, man. All right. Well, um, that's the that's the conference. Um, I think, you know, if I was going to rate this thing, you know, with nothing to compare it to really, uh, um, you know, this year at least, <laughs> uh, I'd probably give this an eight. But, you know, again, that's kind of like on its own, nothing else. You know, like I'm not... There wasn't anything else really to to watch. 
Yeah, as as just a any any conference slash live stream type situation, I feel like yeah, it's like a seven point five eight where it's like yeah, this is this is really like it was good. I I enjoyed myself, you know, the whole time, but uh, it didn't have like the the big, you know, the big things that would just pop out and go. This is this is new. You have to do this. It was just kind of like you know, the uh, cure. What is it? The curious case of of. Uh, <laughs> benedict something or other um that was like the one where i was like man this is like the biggest surprise <laughs> and you know and uh and i'm super into it it's like speaking my my language there but you know just nothing nothing massive yeah what was that game called i'm, I'm trying to find it here in my in my notes but i, uh, can't. I don't know my my phone has died so i can't read <laughs> off of it anymore oh no oh no <laughs> Um, cool. So that was it. Um, we'll, uh, if anything else gets announced, we'll let you know. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com on social at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. And at StayOnTargetPod. Please go to your podcast service, service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. Uh, next week, John, I'm hoping that, uh, we can both maybe watch, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and review the series. Have you watched the most recent episode? No, I'm not going to watch it until next week, probably. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. It's fine, it's fine. It's fine, Chris. (laughs) Um, I won't talk about it. I I really want to talk about it, but I I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. (laughs) Uh, That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. The last case of Benedict Fox. There it is. Finally.